you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man, Jason Lacanfora, and of course, Brian Baldinger, a part of this podcast as well. We got a lot to talk about, guys. Week two, and a lot happened. Injuries, significant injuries we've got to talk about. But I want to start, Jace, with the last night's games. We get two Monday night games. By the way, I don't know if you like this. Do you like this two, two Monday night game thing? Uh, you it? It's okay. There's a lot right now. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, we got playoff baseball in this town for the first time in a long time. So I, I feel like I'm pulled in a lot of different directions. I, I, personally, I, I wouldn't mind. Congratulations, by the way, just to the Orioles. One or double. Thank you. Thank you. I would congratulate you on the Braves, but it's baked into the cake. They, they're, they're the division champs before the season opens. But uh, congratulations on your manifest destiny coming true yet again. Uh, I, I kind of – I say this now because it's not happening. I kind of like the late night one, although – I'd be complaining right now if they actually did it last night because I would, you know what I mean? I'd be on even less right. sleep than I already am. But no, I get it. I get you know, it. whatever. There's doubleheader again next Monday, which I didn't realize until they promoted it last night. I know. They're I know. Well, I think next month, next this week. ES, this ESPN thing, I guess, you know, um, and one's on ESPN Plus, which most people, I'm guessing, aren't yeah, watching that, that until that, the yeah. other game is over. So, uh, Browns last night, uh, I got to tell you, look, Deshaun Watson, I said he'd be better this year. Um, As we talk about what happened last night, Monday Night Football, he's not. Um, He doesn't look like he's comfortable at all, Jason. And at the end of this game, you know, they were talking about, you know, the last time he had a winning drive was 2019, because obviously he hadn't played 2020, 2021. And I'm like, I remember that Deshaun Watson. This guy, I don't know who this is. No. No, that other guy's not coming back. That other guy's dead. Um, Look, there were two teams that I kind of felt like I got into a lot of discussions about this offseason, whether it was with somebody on a radio show that I was calling into, or whether it was somebody calling my radio show, or whether it was me doing a bunch of different gambling stuff I do at CBS Sports Line or whatever and getting into it with a host or another analyst there. I didn't buy the Browns and I didn't buy the Jets. And I primarily didn't do it because I didn't buy either quarterback as being anything close to the difference maker that they were being um, trumped up to be. Uh, what does he do well? I mean, this isn't the first game back from all the time away anymore. You know, the, the, he's had a full offseason. He got all the offseason work last year. And that's the part nobody even talked about. Like, oh, he was suspended. He wasn't suspended from the building the whole offseason. He was around. It was all about him. Um, I don't see it physically. I don't see it mentally. There's nothing about him. When you watch him on the sideline, you watch him during a game that connotes that this guy is their leader, that he believes in himself, that they believe in him. Um, and now he's he's lost his security blanket and Nick Chubb for this year. And I, I don't know that those two ever play a football game together again. In fact, I would bet the under on that proposition. Um, he's a liability. And, 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 and anyone who displayed the kind of decision-making that he displayed off the field 
coming back onto the field now with a record contract tied to him. I, I just don't know what behavioral scientist would have studied this for the Browns and said, yeah, I'd go do that. Now, nobody did because they, you know, it was all problem. It was all BS. The way Haslam talked about the research and blah, blah, blah. There's no way you could have got anybody to spend five hours with that young man and come away and say, yeah, I think that's a solid investment. With the kind of state of denial he was in, with the mindset that he was in, you know, I, I just didn't see that. And then it's the Browns, so it's and it's the Jets. So the odds of it working are infinitesimally small, especially when the owners are this intimately involved. Um, the penalties now, it's been two weeks in a row. He pushed an official. Like, that could have been it. Like, he could have been tossed right then and there. Yeah. And he's a backup safety. He probably is. <laughs> I mean, my biggest surprise is he didn't throw a second-half touchdown because I reloaded on that bet in real time. I, I, You know, I hit it for plus money five seconds into that game, and I doubled down on it because I just figured that he's going to – he's, he's it, 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 bound to happen you know I, I don't he's got plenty of weapons he's got an offensive line that was great coming into the season that even with injury is still you know should should be decent enough and now it's all on him and i don't think that's going to make things better i think it's going to make things worse um I'm, I'm not buying anything about the cleveland browns offense and i think you know people talking about jim schwartz like he's going to have to be um, he's going to have to to walk on water to make that defense good enough to go where they thought they could go in that division and in that conference. Yeah, Steelers last night, Highsmith, pick six. You had uh, T.J. Watt with the scoop and score. I mean, just, you know, they made plays when they needed to. And we've talked about the Steelers. We're both on them. We both like them. Uh, Week one, they got kicked in the teeth. Get it. But last night when they needed to get it done, I thought that, uh, you know, that was a big performance by the defense. Chubb, the injury to Chubb, man. Um, so no Nick Chubb since his days at Georgia. He's a Georgia boy um, and one of the kindest individuals you'll ever meet. I hated to see him be injured. You know, I, I hate injuries, period. But to see a star and an all pro like that go down, uh, they're not saying exactly what the injury is, but they're saying significant knee injury. He had this happen in college. They were playing at Georgia was playing at Tennessee and he he blew out his knee wondering if he'd come back. He did. He came back stronger than ever, made his way to the league. So we're wishing nothing but the best for Nick Chubb. But you're right. This changes the entire game because if you thought he was the best running back in the game right now, take that equation out. And Deshaun Watson now has to do more. I, I don't know where they go uh right now with this offense because it looked lackluster last night. It did not look like anything that was going to be able to keep up with the best offenses in the league, at least early on. And I got to say, I know Deshaun Watson, as much as I talked about him in the offseason, Jason, I don't think he's going to get back to that guy. I don't know what's missing. Is it mental? Nope. You said it. Is it? It's not physical. He's got the physical tools. So I think mentally he's still in his head a little bit about whatever. And I don't know what that is. Again, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not even going to go there. But I don't think I've seen the, the Deshaun Watson that we were all wild by a few years ago with the Houston Texans, and we went – that guy's a top five quarterback. He's not shown that. He's there because of money. He's there. Um, it, it was a marriage of, of sort of convenience. It was the brainchild of an owner who's been a bobo and a fool 
for most of his regime there. It's just the fact. You 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 find me five to six things that Jimmy Haslam's done successfully. He's been there a long time. I'd like to see your list of five to six things that you think makes Jimmy Haslam a good owner. Um, he wanted no part of the city. He wanted no part of the team. He wanted no part of the geography. He wanted no part of that division until they threw enough money at him and they structured the contract in a way that no matter how long he was suspended, right, he was still going to get his entire bag. I mean, they, they yep. made the decision for him, right? And then he went there and he thinks it might be one thing with Chubb and blah, 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 and it's something else. He steps in and the offense goes from scoring about 23.9 per game with Jacoby Brissett to not even 13 a game with him, right? And then he's got a whole offseason to try to make that better. And he's come out through two weeks and, and somehow – Given the additional time he added that up, I think he actually was worse than last year, where he stepped into the middle of the season with a team that defense was the problem. Offense was pretty good, and then he made the offense worse. Like, this is even crazier because now the defense is legitimate, right? And he still can't even do his part enough <laughs> That's right. to just not be a double agent, right? It's the two touchdowns he gave away. It's it's the the two face mask penalties. It's horrible ball placement, right? It, it's missing people in the open field. The only thing he looks comfortable doing sometimes is running with the ball. And even late in the game, you're watching him where he, you know, you know they're coming after him. You know he's probably not completing a deep pass, and he's trying to, you know, navigate outside the pocket. And you're seeing him brought down for a three yard gain or a loss. You know, those are plays in the past where he's moving the sticks with his legs. So he doesn't look like he's got a go-to guy. You know what I mean? No. Like he doesn't nope. look like, like you saw Jacoby Brissett in play action bombs away to Amari Cooper all the time. You know what I mean? This guy yeah. hits Amari Cooper once a month. Like I don't know who his go-to guy is. I don't know what he really likes to do. I don't think Kevin Stefanski wanted anything to do with this. He came down from the owner. Now his job's on the line to try to fix it on the fly and fix it without a right tackle. And fix it without Chubb, you know, like. Yeah, good luck. And fix good it luck. in the AFC North. Okay. Let's talk about the other game, Jason. It's uh, In the Huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends, uh, and follow us Ooh. at In the Huddle Pod on YouTube. All right, um, the other Monday night game, before we get to some of the other things that we want to discuss in week two, Carolina. It's going to be a long year. Um, and. Yeah. As much as I like Bryce Young and what I think he can become and what he, you know, might become, yep. they're struggling. And, uh, you know, they lose last night. It ended up being a three-point game. I don't know if you you bet this, Jason, but it was three by the Saints. They give up oh, a late touchdown. Oh, I was on the under, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> they give up the late touchdown. I love it on the Saints. I don't trust them. I don't trust Derek well, Carr. I don't trust Dennis Allen. Yeah, I trust, trust me. Either. I don't either. Uh, but they cover, and so um, that was one aspect of it. But but as far as Carolina's concerned, they lose to the Falcons week week one. He throws two picks last night. Again, I, I here's the thing, Jason. Did you see how they took him out and put Andy Dalton the red rifle in in certain occasions, like whether it be short yardage or? And I'm going, is this how we're going to operate? Like. You don't trust him to be out there on a third and one or fourth and one or whatever it's going to be. Like, what are we doing, Frank Wright? So that was a little bit confusing. If you're saying he's too well, small. It's both then, teams, then, though. What's that? It's neither team trusted their quarterback. 
No. You know, they went and got their car, paid them more money than, than anybody else would have, right? Reun reunion with Dennis Allen. You're playing against a pop gun offense on the other side. You've got one of the best defenses in football. Fourth and two from the 50, we're punting. Why? We get in the red zone. Derek yes. Carr, 36th ranked passer in the red zone since 2020. I'm going to steal Sean Payton's stuff and put in Taysom Hill. You know yep. what I mean? What are we doing here? Like, like, I, and, and I don't like it for Bryce Young. But, like, what about this other thing where they're supposed to be the favorites to win the division and they have the defense and they're suffocating people, right? And this guy can't – can't. you don't want to put the ball in his hands on fourth and two from the 50? Like, what's the worst thing that happens? Bryce Young takes over at the 50 and they try a long field goal? That's all they were doing all game until the garbage time drive at the end. Like, I don't. I'm all, I was more alarmed by what I saw from the and, and they're right because Derek Carr is no good, but he's your guy and he's supposed to be an upgrade over Andy Dalton and he's supposed to be good enough, right? And an upgrade over Jameis, so we don't have a two-headed monster quarterback anymore, right? We've got a real guy. No, you don't. And I mean, I guess part of me is like at least they recognized it, but the other part of me is like, why did you bring him in in the first place? Um, but it was what I thought it would be. It, it was an ugly game with a whole lot of field goals. You know, I, I, if you can keep getting plus money on over one and a half field goals a game for the for the uh, Saints kicker, keep riding that one. I got a feeling that's coming to an end in terms of the return they're giving you. These are the totals in Saints games. Okay, these are the totals in Saints games. Their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, going back to last season. These are game totals. Thirty. 31, 17, 30, 27, 39, 33, 13. That's who they are. Mm. They play under games. This is eight yeah. straight unders for the Saints. Saints opponents. Saints opponents scoring the last eight games. 17, 15, 10, 10, 10, 18, 17, 13, 20, 20. That's actually the last 10. Two 20-point games. That's what it is. Wow. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and, and the whole taste of the other thing, team, by the way. The other team doesn't get above 17, right? And they don't score more than 20 themselves. 20. And that's right. pretty much, that's pretty much how these that's pretty much what it is. Taysom Hill, by the way, when he comes into the game, he's running. I, I, what the hell are these? Tell. Yeah. What are these defensive coordinators doing? Like I've seen it time and time again. When Taysom Hill comes in, not only is he running, he's running. It's 85% of the time it's quarterback draw. Exactly. What are we doing? He comes in and I'm like, uh, hello, he's running. And then they, they get up eight or nine yards off the play. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. All right. Um, last night, Saints find a way to get it done. They beat Carolina. They are 2-0. And Derek Carr was talking about being 2-0. But let's talk about 0-2 teams. Because I am shocked and surprised at two. The rest, not so much. Bengals 0-2. Chargers 0-2. Bears, not surprised, 0-2. Texas and Panthers, 0-2. They Guys, they had the number one and two picks. Give me a break. Ch Cardinals, 0-2. Broncos, 0-2. Worst team in the league. Patriots. Okay. And the Vikings. So, let's start with the Bengals because we know Joe Burrow re-aggravated his calf. This is something, Jason, that's going to go on all season, right? The, listen, yeah. these calf – this is not something you you heal by continuing to play and cut and run and scramble. 
I think he's going to deal with this all season long, and it's unfortunate. And I think it's going to play a role in and in and in a, play a toll on, on their season. Yeah, listening to him talk, talk about it, that injury after the game, it was clear that this was something that he was deeply concerned about. This wasn't just a minor strain. Um, th- this is – this is this is significant, um, and you could tell in his voice, both what he said and his tone, that he did. He was already thinking six days from now, this is probably not the best thing for me or the best thing for my franchise. You know, for me to be running around on one leg again. I don't think he's going to play in this game. He may not play in a few games, um, and the timing of that is tricky because you get to zero and four in this league, and with rare exception, like the '94 Chargers leap to mind. <laughs> You know, yeah, with Stan, Stan Humphreys, and I think they started like zero and four, and then Bobby Rawls had them at like twelve and five or twelve and four, or whatever. Like you're usually do. Um, but this can lead, you know, like the the more you deal with an issue like this, it can start to lead to some instability in the Achilles area, and then you become yep. susceptible to rupturing that thing. And we know we know what that means. And that was what listening to him talk to me, he was sending a message to the, the coaches and the medical staff, like, I think this is going down a dark road if we try this, if we run this back out there again, you know, less than a week from now. Look, with Joe Burrow last week, with a Ravens team without their only proven corner, like because you know, they just brought Darby in and Darby's coming off injury. Without Marlon Humphrey, without a sixteen million year safety and Marcus Williams, you know, with, with, a, with, 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 you know, a late round pick Brandon Stevens and a guy in Geno Stone who they cut a few years back as their starting safeties against Joe Burrow in a big spot for the Bengals at home. Jamar Chase averaged 3.88 yards per target. Joe Burrow averaged 5.1 air yards per attempt. We were just talking about Nick Chubb, right? Nick yep. Chubb's over five, five yards per carry for his career. Joe Burrow, 5.1 air yards, no spike per attempt. Okay, that's 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 middle school football. Um teams are teams are fine with them running the ball and they'll play a lot of umbrella coverages. And if you want to run for 4.1 or 3.9 a carry for with Joe Mixon, you can do that all day. Um they don't have a move tight end right now. Irv Smith is no good. They don't have anybody with size in the slot who can force the other team's linebackers to have to devote extra attention to covering him. So he's playing without a hand behind his back with no tight end. The right tackle, who used to be a left tackle, isn't a very good right tackle either. But the scary thing for the Bengals was Baltimore got no pass rush. Right. None. None. So it's not like Burrow was running for his life. They sat back and played coverage all day long, and the ball went Nowhere. Nowhere. Their yeah. one play over 20 yards was a screen to Joe Mixon. There was a mixed missed tackle, one of the few on the day. And, and that was it. That's the only ex- explosive play they got all game. Um, and now Burrow is concerned that this calf could become more significant. And remember, Carl, he hurt that thing like the second or third practice of training camp. It's not like he hurt it in the second preseason game. Like, this, they nurse that a certain way through months right. to get him ready for week one. And he wasn't quite right in week one. And now week two, it's a problem. So I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think he's 
playing. And this is an interesting game with the Rams. Those two coaches know each other incredibly well. Remember, Zach Taylor came from Sean McVay's staff. Yeah. The defense is still the defense is still pretty pretty good. But they 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 struggle right now to have an offensive identity. They don't push the ball down the field at all. Um and seven of their points came on a punt return. So I, I don't know, man. Um <laughs> well the explosive plays have disappeared. Already in triage mode, right? They're kind of already trying to just stabilize things. And they've been 0-2 before, but this this looks and feels feels different. different. This isn't just about get out an empty set, for, you know, max protect a little bit more, lean into the screen game. They're already just trying to throw screen passes. Like they've are they're already in that mindset. They're already in, you know, just get it in somebody's hands and space and see what happens because we're not beating multiple people deep, and and they're not they're not winning they are i think in essence the first couple of weeks trying to protect joe burrow because they know that offensive line is not great and that's another factor so get it out quick that speaks to your five point you know one yards i i listen the, the down the field explosive plays have disappeared what got us enamored a couple of years ago was his ability to throw the deep ball chase guys you know higgins guys making plays down the field and you were like wow they seem to do this every week that's gone, but it's gone because time, he doesn't have time. And two, they're trying to protect him because if he starts getting sacked and he's rolling around on that damn calf, they know that that could get worse. So I think it's twofold. I mean, they're trying to protect him, but they're also trying to, uh, we're trying to change, you know, it's one of those things they're trying to change um, how they do things with him here early on in the season. It's going to be interesting guys. And I'm listen, big Joe Burrow guy. He's got a huge sack on him. Okay. I love I love his moxie. Oh, yeah. But this injury affects quarterbacks and their ability to throw the ball the way they want to. And more importantly, his escapability. All the stuff that Joe does in the pocket, stepping up and doing all that. This is going to affect that. So we'll see. I want to ask you about, I want to ask you about Justin Fields. I've been getting this a lot. Plain and simple. That he's not any good. That he's not a franchise guy. We're two weeks in. Well, and I feel like well, Jason, real quick. This is not all on Justin, okay? I got to defend him for a second. Yeah. The kid was sacked six no times good. on There's Sunday. A long list. <laughs> six That's times. a long list of people in Chicago who are no good. Like, the Bears are no good. Their owners are no good. The GM is no good. Matt Eberflus is no good. The offensive coordinator is no good. Like, all that before the quarterback. Like, if, if, if Justin Fields was with Kyle Shanahan, do you think we're having mm. these same conversations? Like, no. It's, you know what I mean? It takes a village to, in my opinion, incubate and nurture and produce a quarterback. He got drafted into the wrong village. When have they ever done it? When have they ever done it? I'm not being facetious. It's an MFing fact. When have they got it? Well, they listen, they drafted uh wait a when minute, what was his name? Capable of it. Wait a minute, hold on. Trubisky, right? They, no, you're absolutely right. MVP men. <laughs> yeah, that worked out great. I mean, you're they, absolutely they traded right. For Cutler, right? They traded for Cutler, he got worse there. He got he worse did. there. Like, when have they got it? When have they got it? 
they don't develop you don't give quarterbacks. Jim McMahon? You know what I mean? Like, I'm dead yes. serious. Like, when Norm Van, well, I don't even know who, who we're going back to. <laughs> is it the Flying Dutchman? Uh, I don't know. Is it Sid Gelman, right? Norm Van Brocklin is the Eagle. Like, they are a joke. And it blows my mind that every two or three years, there's this, like, out of nowhere hype train that, oh, no, the Bears are good now. Like, based on what? Who's running them? Who's the coach? He's not an NFL head coach. Like, they do have an adult in the room now, finally. Like, they're not letting agents like Trace Armstrong decide who gets hired everywhere and put the whole thing together. Like, Kevin Warren is an adult. Like, I don't think Kevin Warren's going to look at looking at this operation saying, I was the former commissioner of the Big Ten. This ain't good enough for Purdue football. This ain't good enough for Indiana football, <laughs> let alone Chicago. What are we doing here? Who's yeah. good at their jobs? Where's our what is our what was our game plan? Like, if we're not coming out trying to run ourselves to a lead with Justin Fields, who's the one discernible strength we have, what are we doing? We don't sack the quarterback, we don't make plays on the ball in the air. The defense is a joke. Like it, he runs a tired, lame, played out scheme, but all right, he got the head yep. coaching job off of that. And what adjustments is he making? You know what? And Justin Fields is the e- like is the easiest default there for everybody. It, it's the way to try to take all the decision makers off. The, oh, well, we just inherited him. You know, we didn't draft him. Like, don't let their talking points to try to keep their job dictate what your eyes tell you. Dictate what decades of that family owning that team tell you. Like, no, no. And he's not going to work there, and I'm sure he'll be gone, and he might be too damaged for somebody else to polish up. But, like, he, he's a symptom. He's not the root cause. The root cause is the owners suck at being owners. The owners suck at finding people who are talented coaches, coordinators, and GMs to run their team. And, and again, I don't understand anybody who was excited about the Chicago Bears. I, I it blew my mind. It it blows my mind. They're hard. They're horribly coached. They're horribly run. The Chase Claypool trade. I mean, I chronicled. I've written about a lot of the Washington Post in real time, talking to smart people in the league who were like, "What the f are they doing?" Yeah, the Claypool trade was a joke. And by so the way, he thinks he's a top five. Yeah, he's a this top five receiver. He's not. In- I'm I'm glad you're saying all of this because. Let's talk about the Broncos, all right? We're talking about 0-2 teams right now. It's week two. We know what the stats and the, the metrics say about teams going 0-2 and the uphill battle they have. But I think Russell's playing better, but they're not winning. So I'm not sure how to look at this, yeah. Jason, when I look at the Broncos and say, yeah. all right, Sean, is he having on Russell Wilson? It looks like he's playing better. The numbers look better. He made some big plays last week down the field, but they still lost. Well, if the de- look, look, if the defense was as good of a scoring defense as it was last year, they you know they they'd probably be two and zero. I mean, last year the problem was they couldn't get to seventeen points offensively, and it wasn't it was an issue against the Raiders week one, but but certainly, you know they they scored enough points. You know, six of them came on a hail mary, but it it or whatever it it, it got converted. Um, and I do, I'm with you. I, I think Russ looks better, but we're, we're judging Russ with a jaundiced eye. 
You know what I mean? We're judging Russ yeah, first true. last year, which is a really low bar to clear, right? With a coach yeah. who had no business being a head coach, right? He didn't know how to coach games. He had to hire somebody to make fourth down decisions for him. Right? I had to bring Jerry Rossberg out of retirement, former special teams coach, and you tell me when to punt, you tell me when to go for it, you tell me when to kick the field goal. You know what I mean? You tell me when to fake it. Like that happened. That was real, right? And I think that happened by like this time last year. I think that was week three, maybe when Rossberg came in. So better than that, but is it what they thought they were buying? You know, when the new ownership group there redid Russ's deal? No. It's not. Um, this kid Mills looks interesting. He doesn't see much of the ball. You know, this Jerry Judy situation hasn't been ideal. Yep. I don't think the offensive line is particularly good. Uh, and the defenses has slipped from a year ago. They'll be a really interesting team to me. Like, if they lose two two or three more in a row, like, Sean Payton is very calculated. He's he's very forward-thinking. And that's a roster that I think by early October, other teams are going to be really studying. Because I, I think it's going to be the old-school Al Davis. Who do you want? You think you got you, – you think I, I got somebody who can help you win a Super Bowl? Come on down. Let's talk about it, baby. Who like I I don't think anything's off the table. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. think Sean Payton will listen to anything, and I don't think he's going to care. You hear people say, "Well, oh my goodness, if we make all those trades, what are the fans going to think when they're watching this product in December?" Like I think the fans are going to think, "Hey, Sean Payton's got two extra twos and three extra threes and an extra one. We're going to go get Caleb Williams." You know what I mean? Right. I, mean, I think that's what people are going to think. Like, I, 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 you know, so I don't think he cares about any of that. He's got a long contract worth a lot of money. He has full autonomy. It's him and ownership. There's no in-betweens. There's no middle. You know, there, there's no go-throughs or run arounds or I got to workshop this. Now nah, I go right to the owner and this is the deal. We're, you know what I mean? Like we're trading, we're trading everybody. Uh, we're starting over. So that's the most interesting thing with me because they probably will be sitting, you know, three, four weeks from now in, 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 in an untenable spot in a really tough division in a really tough conference. Well, maybe not even a really tough division, but in a really tough conference. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think like, I don't know who would be untouchable there off the top of my head. You know, now it's also not the greatest roster in the world, but like, I think he would listen on everything and he would start to really put his fingerprints all over every part of that roster and every part of what they are as a football entity. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Loomis gets a lot of credit for new Orleans and their success. Sean Payton was in on every pick, every decision. This was not a GM who worked alone. And so to your point, he understands team building, even though the title, he hasn't carried the title. He totally gets it. And I agree with you on that. I want to talk about the last. He's, got the, team. He's got the authority. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Uh, and he went out there. I mean, the Walton family guys, that's Walmart. So, you know, again, they, they are like, Hey, we want to win and we don't know how to do it. Show us. They are leaning on him to show them what this is about. The last 0-2 team I just want to talk about because we got some other things to get to. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four. Follow him, guys. Carl Dukes, along with our man Brian Baldinger. Baldy will be here Thursday. 
I do not trust Brandon Staley. I've been saying it for two years. Last year, they blow the playoff game. I oh, said he should have been God fired. No. Chargers 0-2 now. The roster, speaking of Broncos, two totally different things. This roster is talented, and unfortunately, they can't put it together. Oh, yeah. And I think, Jason, it is all on Brandon Staley. No. This is head coaching, period. Well, it, yeah. Well, he hasn't established a winning culture. He hasn't created an environment where guys rise to the occasion. Um, he, he, he hasn't created a fourth quarter football team that can be better than even most weeks, marginal football teams on the other sideline, less talented football teams on the other sideline. He doesn't find ways to beat them enough when it matters. They tend to play nothing but close and late games, which that's been going on forever there. That's just chargering, right? That's that we can go back to Marty <laughs> yeah. Schottenheimer's or head coach, yeah. you know, maybe even before that. Like that's just going to be the game script. Can you navigate it? Can you rise to the occasion? They don't do it far um, often enough, especially now considering that you're right. I mean, we can bang on the Spanos family for a lot of things over time, um, including the move from San Diego, which doesn't look too smart. No, but they paid Bosta. They went and got Mac on the other side. Like, if you look at, okay, premium positions, gold star positions, have they been willing to invest resources, capital, cap space into them? They have. Bookend pass rushers. They draft a left tackle when he's healthy. He's pretty good. They're paying the quarterback $50 million a year. They they, they kept both top flight receivers, right? We're yep. keep Keenan Allen. We're going to keep Mike Williams. Um, we found a way to keep Austin Eckler happy. Austin yeah. Eckler came back to them with his tail between the la- his legs. Now, he, he didn't play last week, but but a lot of teams don't have running backs right now. Like, that that can't be – you know what I mean? Like, Tennessee, yep. that's a team you got to be able to – like, you got to be able to beat them. They're going to try to out-physical you. They've got a certain way they can play football. They can't beat you two, three different ways. He's going to variable ball you, right? It is what it is. You're not going to be able to run on them. They're going to try to run on you. They're going to play the game at their pace. They're going to try to bully you. And you've got all these blue-chip players. And how many of them impacted that football game? And it's not because they're not good enough to. You know, like the Kellen Moore experiment. Eh, You know, eh, it's two weeks, but – not, 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 uh, not overwhelming. And his defense is, is no good. And his defense can't hold leads. His defense can't get stops in the fourth quarter in overtime. And that's been going on from the beginning, from Jump Street. So no, I, I don't think there's any empirical evidence that he is an NFL head coach. He's certainly not a good NFL head coach. Um, and it was telling to me. You know, when the bloom started coming off the rose and he was getting criticized for being um, too aggressive, right, and mm. going for it too much and being too cute about doing stuff in his own territory. And, man, he changed his spots pretty quickly. And, like, that was pretty telling to me because that, to me, already was like, how, how much was that in his convictions? Like, how willing is he to waffle, you know, at the first sort of sign of criticism? Like, what does he really believe in? You know, or or is he just one of these guys who wants to go whichever way the wind's blowing and think he's got enough talent to score one more point than somebody else most weeks? Um, like if it's me, I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna go down believing in what I believe in, and I'm I'm the one working 20 hours a day, not you with the recorder in your hand and the notepad in your hand, or you in section 455, right? Like, nah, man, I busted my ass to get here. You know, like, 
and his story is a really cool story, but I don't know that it prepared him for this because it doesn't look like it did. And yeah, they're paying the quarterback $50 million a year. He's not supposed to lose to Ryan Tannehill in week two with, uh, you know, pretty much a full complement of players except for Austin Eckler. So they don't like to fire people and pay them money to go away. That's not what the Spanos family does. But I still don't think this guy survives the season. I don't either. We're talking about 0-2 teams, guys. It is In the Huddle. Subscribe, like us, at In the Huddle Pod on YouTube. All right, a couple other things we got to get to. Uh, from one coach that I don't think he knows what he's doing to one that I absolutely thinks he knows what he's doing, and that is Mike McDaniel. Miami. Are they the best team in the AFC? Are they? <laughs> they win a lot of football games with Tua. I mean, when Tua look, I mean, when Tua plays, they're a very effective offense, very efficient. Um, I still have things I want to learn, you know, about them defensively. Like we're we're still very early in this season. They've lost some corners. You know, is is how good is is Bradley Chubb? You know, I really like the kid Phillips. I'm still Chubb gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I don't love the situation with some of the injuries to the offensive line early, and I I I know guys are coming back or will come back, but that that worries me a little bit. And you know, Arm, Armstead, it's just his health has been an issue, you know, forever going back to his days with the Saints. So you know, how many games do they get out of him this year? I think that's pretty important. Um, but the, they're they're a good operation. Uh, they know what they're doing. He is one of the brightest young coaches in this league. I just don't. How many games are they getting out of two? You know what I mean? Like I I, yeah. I can't I can't answer that question in week two. You know I can't answer that question in week two. But if it's Mike Effin White or Skylar Thompson or whatever. It's just not the same. It's not the same thing, you know. And the thing that that gives, that scares me about them is I don't know that that. And a lot of look, Vic Fangio has been doing it a long time, and I get it. And that was a smart move to make. But I, I don't know that if they have to play four games, six games, whatever, with the backup quarterback, that that defense is that good that they can withstand it again, especially in that conference. Um, but when 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 Tua plays, they score points. They're, yeah, they're gonna, they're, yeah, they're they're going to get their twenty seven or thirty. <clears throat> like they're gonna. It's uh and and McDaniel he's an interesting guy too. His background for those who don't know, just really behind the scenes, um, grinding and you know following Kyle Shanahan around a couple of different places. He was with him with the Texans. He was with him in Atlanta. Followed him to San Francisco. Washington, very trusted. Cleveland. Yeah. Exactly. And and very trusted uh, behind the scenes to, uh, to, to give analysis on players and also schematically, like just doing things that other teams were not doing and then presenting that and saying, hey, I think we should do this. And, and you know, everywhere he's been, it's been like, oh, okay. So he said, and I'm just telling you guys the story, his whole thing was like, if I get in front of ownership, I'm going to be able to convince them that I'm a head coach. Miami happened, and he did. Remember, when he got the Miami job, Jason, we were like, who? Who got the Miami job? It was like, so 
but oh, he yeah. knows <clears throat> he knows offense, dude. And so that's what you're seeing. And I think he's yeah. making Tua better. And then you add those wide receivers and Waddle and the Cheetah. They're dangerous. There's just no doubt about it. Co-time. <laughs> Let's talk about the Cowboys. Because how about them Cowboys? Speaking of best teams, all right, if you think the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC, the Cowboys arguably, check that, they have the best defense in the NFL. This defense is humming right now. They're shutting people down. They're getting sacks. They're getting after it. And Micah Parsons is on a mission to be the MVP, or if not, they're certainly the defensive player yes, of the year. Is. But but boy, th- this defense, it's better than the Eagles, Jason. And I didn't expect that two weeks in. I didn't think I'd be thinking that about the Cowboys defense. Well, I, I think we, you know, again, I'm just going to. They played the Giants in a literally in a storm. You know what I mean? Where huge yep. special teams play. I mean, the game script, everything. Like, Dan Quinn couldn't have written a better script, right, to put his defense in positions to succeed and potentially pitch a shutout week one. And I'm taking nothing away from the fact they pitched a shutout week one. But, like, man, like, it was the perfect storm for them. And then week two, they get the Jets in their first game without Aaron Rodgers. Right, and they're 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 licking their wounds and they're coalescing and they're figuring out how the hell are we back here again? You know what I mean? We're back to Stifler. What the bleep happened? So like, <laughs> something to do with it, I think. You know? Yeah. And yeah. then Stifler goes out and throws three picks. Like that, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, like it's not just who you play; it's when you play them. And in this case, all that worked in Dallas's favor. Um, and now they get Arizona after Arizona just blew a 28 to nothing lead at Brutal. So I think they'll probably do the job against Arizona and we'll look at them and be ready to clown them further. <laughs> they might put a shutout in this one. Like, I yeah. don't know that Josh Dobbs is scoring more than 13 points against them. And Dak in this offense that's now, I think, has way more guardrails and is much more about high percentage and high effectiveness and efficiency than it is necessarily high octane trying to light the scoreboard up with bombs away. Like that suits him. He's not turning it over. He's getting his feet under him in this season, right? He's getting some of that, that turn, you know, the interception stuff off of him a little bit. He can breathe a little more. Um, And they should be able to bully Arizona offensively as well. I, I just, my question with the Dallas Cowboys is the same as it always is when they're not punching down in weight class. What does it look like? So, mm. I, I, honestly, I'm not – like, I'll, I'll make a little money off what they're doing now, but I'm not putting a whole ton of stock in it. Um, what do they look like on a – you know what I mean? On a Monday night in Philadelphia in December. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even know if they play. I'm just using – you know, hypothetical. You know, what would they look like in San Francisco in the second round of the postseason? I don't know. I, I would tend to think not much because there's a lot – out of 11 over the years and just say that's not that's not who they are they're not built for those spots so we'll see um but yeah they 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 took care of business against two teams that were woefully ill-equipped to go into that football game and keep it even remotely close for a myriad and multitude of reasons and again it's going to happen again that'll be a cowboys home game out there in arizona 
it, it'll be further coronation of you know Jerry Jones's latest pipe train. I, I don't really care what the Cowboys do until after Halloween. You know, then like let's let's or really more to the point, even Thanksgiving on. Thanksgiving day on. For me, that's when the Cowboys season starts. We'll we'll see what they look like then. Yeah, I, I just the Dak thing is still a question for me. Um, because the defense has been so good. He's thrown a couple of touchdowns. I get it. But I just think that uh, when the pressure's on, I need to see what he's going to do. And that's my only concern. The defense is legit, guys. It's real. Um, and Parsons is arguably the best player in the league, period. I mean, outside of quarterbacks. Um, and even if you wanted to include him, I think he's top three player in the league. If you said Patrick Mahomes, you know, and 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 Aaron Donald and, and Parsons, whoever you want to throw in there. But I will but say. T.J. Uh, Watt. You know, uh, oh, yeah. T.J. Watt. Is he? I don't know. See, that's the, that's the argument. That's the argument. Watt has got like 80, 80 sacks now in, in his five or six years. Six years. Watt's a beast, man. I said it to, to Baldy the other day. I think he's better than his brother, and that's saying a lot. JJ's going to Hall of Fame. TJ is on his way. So He's pretty damn good. Yeah, He is, man. Not quite he as is. versatile as his brother. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. He and Parsons yeah, well, is going to be an interesting discussion all year long. I totally agree. Well, man, it's always good to have you guys here. Subscribe in the huddle. We're back next Tuesday. We're seeing what happens in week three. Baldy will be here Thursday. We'll break down some of the games and talk about going into week three and, and the expectations. But this 0-2 thing, a lot of these teams, man, they're going downhill and downhill quickly. And we're going to see if any of these teams are able to survive. I'm sure by the end of the season, we'll go back to this, Jason, and say, look, we talked about oh, yeah. all these teams and who was able to turn it around because you got to do it right now. It's going to be an interesting week three. Follow Jason Lock on four. Read his stuff. Washington Post, guys. I'm Carl Dukes. We'll talk to you guys next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 